0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to The Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man,
1: I'm doing fantastic. So we always start these episodes with a lighthearted, joking, fantastic, but I feel like this episode may get a little bit real. I, I Our I guest today, quote from his bio, escaped a sharecropper's life in Mississippi is a survivor of three types of cancer and throw in some pretty intense racial turmoil that he's gone through. Racial, what now? Turmoil. I have a hard time with that word. <laughs> a little bit. Turmoil. You uh, said so southern to begin with, I and know. then there was a little struggle. All right. Um, And even still, this 82-year-old legend who's part of a legendary band in the Chambers Brothers wants to spread a message of love. Come on. Rob,
0: tell them what song
1: we are covering and who we're spending some time with today.
0: Today, we're hanging out with Lester Chambers of the Chambers Brothers, and we're talking about the classic track, Time Has Come Today. had to get those had to get in that there. hay in
1: there. That's right.
0: And then later that hay changes to time, and uh, it's just great. So, all right, that is the Chambers Brothers with the 1967 single Time Has Come Today from the 1967 album The Time Has Come. Not so specific with the album title as with the single title, right? The, like the album is like the time has come, and you're like, when exactly? And then if like, I were today, to, yeah, you're like if I were to need to put something on my calendar, then the singles like right now, it's <laughs> it's now. You're at it. You're at the time. <laughs> That's great, deal And one thing we didn't touch
1: back uh, touch base on in the fantastic. This is episode two twenty five for us. Yeah, so here's a landmark. Come on, how there about we that? Go.
0: That's awesome. Lester Chambers out there, 80... What what did you say? 82. 82. Still getting it. You're going to love him. He's great uh, when we sit down with him in a few minutes. And he's also part of a band, which we're going to be talking about a little bit today, called Moon Alice, which is a very cool, just kind of an idea and a real underdog story, as we'll learn. So that's going to be... A lot of fun. Stick around because uh, we're going to talk about Chambers Brothers, Moon Alice, The Summer of Soul. It's all coming together today. The Harlem Cultural Festival, 1969. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real dope episode. So let's talk a little bit about. Time has come today. You know that song. You might not be able to immediately reference if you're of a certain age. You know what I mean if you're If you're Younger than probably maybe 50, I'm not sure that you would go, oh, yeah, The Time Has Come Today by Chambers Brothers. But you know that song for sure because you've heard it in, like, I don't know, every movie you've ever been to, <laughs> every commercial right. you've ever seen, right? right? Definitely any movie you've ever seen about <laughs> Vietnam, yeah. you've definitely heard that Absolutely. song. It's like the, um, if if the question is uh like fortunate son uh-huh. time has come that's today good. is the answer on the other uh-huh. side I of like that, that question you know what okay. i mean so it, with with like vietnam stuff a hundred thousand you've, percent you've heard this song in everything that's ever been made about vietnam i think it's like it's at this point it's almost like vietnam parentheses time has come today <laughs> So, yes, that's where you've heard that before. It went to number 11 on the Hot 100, where it sat for five weeks. Never did quite crack the top 10. It s- stuck at number 11 and uh, and then went off from there. It did crack the top 10 in Canada, where it went to number 9. The album went to number 4 on the Billboard Pop Albums Chart and number 6 on what is now the Top R&B Slash Hip Hop Albums Chart, but was then called the Black Albums Chart. Uh, it was released... Twice as a single and in three different versions. First in 1966, which we'll talk more about later. It's like 42 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then again in late 1967, uh, both of those by Columbia Records. Um, but the first one uh, was was uh, kind of an angsty... Um, Almost like an underhanded release. We'll talk. We'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, like you said, the the original, the full version is uh, eleven minutes. Let's see, eleven oh two. The original is clocking in at. uh, So if you're going to listen to the full thing, you're going to need a minute. But it's worth it. Like it's a full blown, um, it's a full blown expedition. There you you go. We can say that. and it's kind of a, uh, you might not hear it yet, but you will, the further in you listen, uh, an exploration of psychedelic rock and soul, this this combination, which is the thing that we've never really talked about, psychedelic rock, really before. We've never gotten into, like, The Doors or, you know. Not. Can anything. we
1: touch on it with Pink Floyd a little bit?
0: Maybe a little bit. Gosh, that was so Season one, long ago. That was over 220 episodes ago. Jeez. Uh, speaking of, side note, this was just great. We got a message last week from a listener in, was it Sweden? Sweden. Who was like, I've been listening since the very beginning. And we were like, how cool, holy cow, is that, you know, from somebody in Sweden that's like, I listen every week, can't wait for new episodes, blah, 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 We won't use your name for privacy reasons, but you know know who you are, so thank you. (laughs) That's right, thank you so much. Um, But yeah, so it's, you know, psychedelic rock and soul, and something that the Chambers brothers were really pioneering. Like Mm -hmm. they were um, this kind of sound... wasn't fully in existence yet and definitely not like widely, you know, whatever. And especially for black artists like this, this kind of rock wasn't being done by black artists at all at this point. You think about guys now like Lenny Kravitz, Gary Clark, Robert Randolph, all these guys have the Chambers brothers as predecessors, you know, of sorts for the guys who went through that door first as like a black rock band, uh-huh. you know. Um not without having to fight for it though. No less than legendary A&R man, we've talked about it before, Clive Davis was dead set against them recording the song. Uh he told them no way, and according to Willie Chambers, their producer David Rubinson in literal tears told them, "I've waited my whole life to record the song. Now he's not going to uh, now he's going to tell us we can't record it. Why?" Clive later told the brothers that this song quote, isn't the kind of music that black guys produce or play. He said it was too profound a statement for four black guys to be saying time has come today to the world and he said quote, it's not your kind of music we'll get a white artist to record it. Ouch. So at that point the brothers said, screw you. They took one take of it with their last moments of studio time and had it mixed, mastered and released behind Clive Davis's back Um, incensed Clive fired everyone associated with the recording (laughs) and production of the song, according to (laughs) Willie Chambers. So they just went, nah, we're doing it. Uh-huh. And the producer was like, no, nah, I'm doing it. And he said, he said, I know I'm going to get fired for this. Uh-huh. Knowing full well what was about to happen, he was like, this is an important song and I have to record it. So th- that's the original version that came out in 66. Um, and then what you hear later as the more famous version is when their record company, um, you know, Columbia relented to and put a little more time and effort into the production becoming the legendary track that we're talking about now. So, um, a really neat story and and, and a s a a song with some like principles built on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? This song has blood, sweat and tears behind yeah. it, you know. Good. Um, and so a very cool story to hear that, like, somebody had convictions about this song. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, this has to get done, even if it cost me my job, yeah. even if it cost my whole team their job, <laughs> which by the way, is that, where is that? Like, the, it's, it, it's bad enough to take down yourself. But if you're like, this is going to cost you your job, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like if, if we had, if we had an opportunity for the show, uh-huh. right. Okay. And it was like, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be part of some baller network or whatever, <laughs> or, or there were, or there's a chance for us too, right? Uh-huh. I'm like, we've got to go to Reno, uh, to be at this interview, to be part of this network that's good, that could change everything. Uh-huh. Right. And I feel strongly about this. And I went and quit your job on your behalf <laughs> so, so that we could go to that interview. I show up at Enterprise and they're like, no, you're, you're not with us anymore.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's like Rob like, said that that's awesome. I believe that in this so, much, in this so that much that you
0: quit. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, let's see. The Chambers brothers were <laughs> uh, Chambers brothers were originally a gospel group, uh, but they branched out into folk, and then they electrified the folk, and then they psychedelicized <laughs> the electrified folk. Oh, I love that! And that's, that's kind of how you get how you get where we are now. You know, they were going electric at the same time as like Bob Dylan. Dylan yeah, and um, they actually we talked with Lester a little bit about that.
1: Um, th- so that'll be really good. Yeah, Maybe really joy. It, I hear us talk about the. Uh, the festival.
0: Interesting moment. Ta- talking to Lester, we're going to hear some ups and we're going to hear some downs. Um, and and that kind of moment with Bob Dylan has both. At it, Newport, it's yeah. It's kind of a, a, you know, a happy face, sad face, yeah. you know, thing uh, in that moment, so... A couple of listening notes on this uh, for me, several, let's say several listening notes. Uh, First of all, the first thing you hear on this, this could have easily been the third part of our, like, cowbell exploration earlier in the season. Um, You get these two cowbells at the beginning, which sort of signify the ticking clock throughout the song, right? That's the sound of time time coming coming and going, Right. And it kind of uh, ebbs and flows throughout the song. So the song has a big tempo swing in the middle Stop section. Not playing with a click, so... Yeah, this is definitely not on any kind of tempo map whatsoever. Um, there's some great, like, 60s panning in the mix. The drums are all the way to the left uh-huh. if you're listening in headphones, and the lead guitar is all the way to the right. Um, whereas now, so... Now, if you listen to drums, it's not even that drums would be like in the middle. Drums, now, if you listen to almost any drum mix, go all the way around your head. So, and it depends on the mixer. Uh, and I, I think mixers who are drummers tend to mix it one way, and mixers who are not drummers tend to mix it another way. Okay. So, if you listen to most recordings, drums are mixed as though you are looking on stage at a drummer, at a drummer. Okay. okay so you have kick and snare in the middle in the middle the hi hat right to the left the high hat would be on on, oh, on no the high hat would be on, on the right, right. yeah, yeah. and sometimes in the middle it mm-hmm. depends but then the toms are where you can really hear it toms and cymbals so toms would go high to low boom 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 from your right ear to your left as though you were watching a drummer looking at it straight on playing mm-hmm. that way okay um, and then cymbals like crash cymbal on your right, crash cymbal two on your left, ride cymbal probably on your left as well. Mm-hmm. Some mixers mix it the opposite way, pan wise. Like you're the drummer. Like you're sitting that's, in the drum that's, chair. That's how right? I was
1: thinking. Like boom, boom, boom. If and, I'm the drummer, yes. I'm mixing it like
0: I sit and like I hear. And it. And that's how I mix. If mm-hmm. I'm if I'm mixing, I I mix drums that way usually. Um, and I know like I know for sh- I'm I'm almost positive that I can say that like. For sure, when Mike Portnoy was in drum, a, a dream theater, they mixed the drums that way, as drum though theater. you're sitting behind the kid, mm-hmm. right? And that is what I, I like to hear, too, because it helps you think if you're playing... Like I'm playing along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, then, okay, Same. whatever. Um, but anyway, so that, for me, makes it feel more like... But that's that's a... That's probably a commentary on how I like to think about music. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to music, as I'm thinking playing about it, it as yeah, though same. I'm playing it, same. not as though I'm watching it. Uh-huh. Same. Um, I love that. That's so. But right there with me. so anyway. But in the in the 60s, you you had a lot of like, they would set up the stereo field like maybe the band was on one side of the stage and the vocalists were on the other side of the stage and you were kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you might get like some Beatles stuff and stuff like that, you would have a lot of the whole band is on the left side and the vocals are all on the right side, that
1: yeah, kind of thing. I played, a. I was like <gasps> DJing a wedding reception and I had a speaker set up that wasn't in stereo. Mm. And so and it, I played I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles and it's just the music just and, mono, ve- yeah. and very distant, like... Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, what the heck is he going... <laughs> back
1: there yeah but just is.
0: barely playing yeah playing into a stereo system with a mono source uh-huh. or or vice versa can be can be it's really ne- interesting yeah stuff that you would never imagine would happen you just assume that like you know what i mean where's but, the word how'd you make a soundtrack <laughs> exactly yeah did you get split tracks for this where did you find <laughs> that where'd you find split tracks for uh bruno mars <laughs> you know like right? what in the world um <laughs> Split tracks are a thing that they use in church. Let me just explain. Yeah, it's Split good. tracks are a thing where you'd have like left left side uh music and right side vocals uh-huh, and you can and turn you, one up and down. Yeah, exactly. You can turn the vocals up and down so like if you needed it for rehearsal or or if your choir sucked and you just needed to add, <laughs> add some a little
1: bit more a little yeah. more
0: juice. Yeah. Uh okay, let's see. Uh about <laughs> 3 minutes in to the full version of Time has Come Today, we get into a full-blown exploration you know rock funk freak out uh the tempo slows and then builds back up again you've got delay on delay on delay like there's everything going on let's play a little bit and i'll talk through it So we've got delay now on the cowbells and this chant of time just relentlessly as as time is And then you're gonna get some fuzzy guitar solo coming in. You can almost see the cameras doing that '60s quick uh, <laughs> cut, zoom in and out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there we go. Now there's the tempo. And there's your guitar solo on the right side. Definitely didn't have the tap tempo on the delay. Yeah, so like, just keep it going. Yeah. Uh, and now we're in full blown Austin Powers mode yeah. at this point.
1: <laughs> right.
0: This is just a freak out. This is like the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka. Yeah. You know <laughs>
1: Slugworth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: this is this is all everybody's dropping acid. That's so good. It's, it's like the tunnel scene you know, in Willy Wonka. I
1: love that. The, that's
0: where we are right right there. And that continues for quite a bit. It's <laughs> like right. it's just in and out and, and buckle up. It's right. It's a trip, uh, for sure. And then about 5 minutes and 30 seconds in, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, okay? Correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think this is intentional. I'm going to I'm going to say I think this is intentional. Okay. About 5 minutes and 30 seconds in, in the guitar solo, which is on the right side, there is what sounds to me like an intentional quote of Little Drummer Boy played by the lead guitar, okay? Okay. Let's listen back to it. I think it's intentional, but let's listen. Okay.
1: I mean, that's it.
0: It's the does it go up? And here? the drums are like, they're doing a lot, you know. it could just be a vamp that they were like, but even da, da, da. it's so. It's really close. it's close enough that if marvin gay had written The little drummer (laughs) boy right there'd be some court there there would have been a lawsuit okay um so i you guys you guys tell me what you think as we record this episode too it's in
1: november it's holiday
0: season maybe we've got christmas on the brain it's true maybe i'm just yeah maybe i'm just smelling cranberry sauce in the air and whatever but uh, we just
1: had yams last week (laughs)
0: All-time classic gag on this show, a bag of yams. That has to be, has to be a t-shirt. Limited edition bag of yams t-shirt coming your way, guaranteed. Bag of yams and um and drumstick banging on a pole have to become t-shirts from this scene. All right. Uh, and then you get about 640 in. You get bass and drums just getting it. With some like screams and creepy laughter wait for the laughter <laughs> it's like ho 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 At this point, it sounds like the time that has come today is definitely the time for Satan to drag you to eternal torment, (laughs) but with good music. You even get some like I don't know what that is. Is that the pipes of Pan in the right side? You get feedback and just craziness, dude. It literally reminds me. You know that track by Sting, uh, Saint Augustine in Hell, where there's like an interlude where Uh the devil's talking, and then he's like, "Okay, break's over." (laughs) <laughs> like that's <laughs> what it makes me think of uh devil like sipping on a latte alright uh let's see and then um and then you get back and they and they finish out the song as though nothing happened yeah. like you know what I mean oh if in case you forgot time has come today And somehow it means more after all that. You know what I mean? It's like, we've been through all this. Yeah. My soul has been psychedelicized. Um, It's like, there's there's something really powerful about that repetitive time. It's like a call to, I won't say a call to arms, but it's a call to action. You know, it's like a a wake up thing or like a, I don't know exactly what this means. And they've never really said like, this song is about this, you know what I mean? But it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Um, and part of it, I think is that, that repetitive time. It's just, it makes you want to do something. It makes you want to take action, take action about something, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever is important to you. It's a reminder, like it's time to do this. Yeah, there we go. Why don't we take a second and meet the band? Before we do good? that, okay. let's touch a little bit on Summer of Soul,
1: because I'm okay. going to tie in my Meet the Band section to... Sick. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to tie the stuff... We can meet them. Let's meet the band, and then we'll touch on, on Summer of Soul. Okay,
2: let's do it. Hey, let's meet
1: the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's... All right, so I'm going to introduce you to the Chambers Brothers quickly, and then I'm going to touch a little bit on Moon Alice, just so that we can mention who that is, because there's two Perfect. different uh, versions. There's you know multiple versions of this song, but most recently, Moon Alice is now doing this live with Lester, and that's right. his newest project with his son, Dylan, so yeah. we'll talk a little about that.
0: And you'll meet Dylan briefly in the interview Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, So he hang hops around. in for a second.
1: You get to meet a father and son. It's pretty cool. Um, so the Chambers Brothers, we got George Chambers joseph chambers lester chambers willie chambers and brian keenan Mm. so there's your chambers brothers yeah meet the band i'm just going to touch because i'm going to list a lot of names then in moon alice you got roger mcnamee pete sears pete sears is a he's a legend he played the jefferson starship all kinds of stuff so he's he's big time barry Sless on bass and guitar and these guys play a lot of different instruments so all three of those guys all played bass they all played guitar so like they all do a lot of different things Uh, John Molo on drums. Love John Molo. Oh, man. Now, y'all have heard me and Rob gush over Bruce Hornsby and the range for a long time. Rob is a Bruce Hornsby and the Noisemakers guy. I'm the range, but Rob also likes the range, obviously. Yeah, I
0: love the range. I just, yeah. Yes,
1: I think uh, overall I prefer the... Solo slash noisemakers era. So anyway, Molo part of the range. Um, on keyboards, uh, Jason Crosby. And then all these people are vocalists from 2021 to the present in Moon Alice. Yeah. So um, Lester Chambers, Dylan Chambers, Erica. I hope I don't botch the last name on all three of these. It's Erica, Chloe, and Rachel. And the last name is Tiehen, I think. It's T-I-E-T-J-E-N.
0: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce that.
1: But it's Erica, Chloe, and Rachel Okay, so on, on vocals right there. Some former members of Moon Alice, uh, Ann McNamee, um, Jimmy Sanchez, and G.E. Smith from the Saturday Night Live band. Yeah, how about that? Um, and an occasional special guest, Jack Cassidy. Yeah. Um, and a couple of fill-in members, uh, Kurt Biscara and
0: Mookie Seigel. There you the keyboard, go. So. And uh, a funny thing about Roger McNamee, two two funny things. One, he has a stage name. Did you catch his stage name? It's... Uh, chubby wombat moon alice <laughs> yeah. so chubby wombat chubby wombat moon, moon alice, alice. So. i ass- and i assume now i don't know this and i didn't see this in any research but i assume that the name moon alice is a reference to the honeymooners right one of these days oh, bang to the moon to alice, the moon alice right? oh that's good i assume that's that's what that's a reference to that makes um, sense but if anybody out there knows better uh, dylan if you're listening let us know <laughs> um but the other funny thing about Roger McNamee is he's kind of the, you know, the uh, progenitor of Moon Alice. And he is a finance venture capitalist. Yeah. Like, he's not like a lifetime rock and roller, although he's played his whole life. But it's it, he's not like a... A career touring musician. No, he, he was he was like an early investor in Facebook, and he's on a special advisory board for Wikipedia. He's like he's a, a money guy. He's a money guy. Yeah, right. and so I imagine that he you know uh, did the early financing to get the group off the ground and to kind of get them going. But they've been a, a heavily touring uh, group for about fifteen years now. And well, he was in the band called, they were the Flying Other Brothers. The Flying Other Brothers, that's right. That's what um, this, this touring group, Moon Alice, formed out of. Do you hear what
1: their other name was they got sued for by no. the Doobie Brothers? They were the Doobie Decibel System the <laughs> which is hilarious the doobie decimal, decimal system, system but how the, could you sue off of that i don't know they said and so they just changed their name but they were that's they, so it's not that's a, a great name it's though. not like
0: the word doobie itself is intrinsic to the doobie brothers somehow they i guess that's they, they but, it wasn't worth
1: the fight for him when uh, yeah, you are at that level you're like we'll just change the name it's yeah. okay
0: that'd be a great name for a for like a a, a tribute band the I doobie love brothers it. tribute I'd band i freaking you know. love it yeah, the doobie doobie decimal system that's great um so Moon Alice has a, a significant uh, um, achievement in rock history because they, Moon Alice, are the first independent band to get a million downloads of a song from their own servers. In other words, directly from the artist without any third party. This is That's not, pretty cool. This is not from iTunes, you know, where you buy it. They They got a million downloads of their song, It's 420 Somewhere, from, uh, <laughs> straight from their website. And it now has more than 2 million downloads directly from them. And so the, the digital logs for that song have been archived and preserved by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for that distinction of being that's pretty cool. the first, the first, uh, independent song direct, what's it called? Direct to, uh, like direct to consumer essentially without a middleman. They've sold that's 2 awesome. million copies just of that song. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And that kind of shows you the you know, the time they're putting in, upon, uh, you know, going around the country, playing at, you know, whatever it is they're playing at, um, to be able to get that song out there enough that it's been downloaded two million times independently. Tom! <laughs> so we were talking about before we started recording, I was saying, if you better believe, if my name was Tom... <laughs> And I was running for political office, <laughs> this would be my song, right? Because there's enough of that, if you listen to the way they say, they don't say time, right? It's Tom. It's not T
1: H Y M E. It's not a
0: spice. Yeah, it could easily be Tom. If you're <laughs> if you're reading the word Tom and you heard that, oh, it would be Tom, it. right? Yeah. So that this would be for sure my campaign song. When I get out of my campaign bus, you know, <laughs> you're hearing Tom has come today. And you're like, <laughs> and the Tom! whole crowd goes, Tom with their
1: dude come on picketing signs who
0: can we help we need to find a political candidate that we can back and get (laughs) behind and be their like tour manager and we can we can let this be the thing
1: which musician named tom would we want to run for office not tommy lee (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: who uh tom jones Tom (laughs) (laughs) tom has
1: come today
0: you get the right age group everybody dude, would get it dude that's awesome yeah that's it tom jones, probably tom you. jones all right uh this is not a this is not a uh, statement about tom jones's politics or our politics i have no idea what it's a- I- <laughs> um it's just simply his name and just age name. tom all right that's great Let's uh, talk on the Summer of Soul. Talk a little oh, bit about yeah. it. So oh.
1: I watched, I watched 83% of it, I okay. guess. So I, <laughs>
0: okay.
1: that's a random number. Right. But I,
0: Did you get to Mahalia Jackson? Yes. It's freaking Holy awesome. Holy cow. So I, but you didn't get to Nina Simone then if you, I think mm, she's the very last. Okay. One. No, okay. I, I don't remember Nina Simone on it. Okay. So the Summer of Soul is a documentary that came out in 2020 or 2021. Um, that I think it came out in theaters in 2020. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, but, uh, and um, Quest Love from the Roots, uh, you know Saturday Night Live. Lo- uh, no, Saturday night Live. Excuse me, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, late night with Jimmy Fallon, um, and uh, he he put this footage together. So it's a documentary about, and really just a presentation of um, the Harlem Cultural Festival from 1969,
1: which I didn't realize was right around the same time as Woodstock.
0: It was happening same time as Woodstock, and originally to try and get some traction on this footage that they had made. They called it Black Woodstock. Uh Like they were like, this is the, and essentially it's the same thing. I mean, there was like, they did it for, so they basically did concerts every weekend throughout the entire summer in 1969. And the backdrop of the whole thing is political unrest, um, particularly in the black community. And, And part of the reason they started the Harlem Cultural Festival, this was, I believe, the third one. I think the first one was in 67- and then in '68 they started bringing in music and stuff like that. It was more of like a fair the first time around, I think. And then they started bringing in some like you know kind of local acts and stuff the second time. And then the third time, the the um, promoter uh, whose whose name I am uh, losing and I cannot I cannot Tony Lawrence. Um, he like worked his tail off, and he he weaves together this uh, this event with like tape and string and whatever and it's the only way this was going to work is if everybody held up their end if everybody everybody's like are are they doing it like yes. are is so and so doing it right like it's awesome and so yeah it, pretty much everybody's uh participation was predicated upon the participation of somebody else uh-huh. right so they're like um you know he he's like okay i've got gladys knight right and the, and so the next the next person he goes to you know is like oh uh gladys knight's gonna be there okay right and then the next person's like oh, okay um you know edwin hawkins singers are gonna be there all right we'll do it if they're gonna do it you know what i mean That a lot of the thing. family
1: stones gonna be there yeah. okay we'll be okay. there stevie, stevie wonder great
0: uh-huh. okay so it becomes this <laughs> huge lineup yeah. and he's just going god i hope this works uh-huh. you know what i mean the whole time and but it ends up working like magnificently and it's and it's a, and it's a um, just a sea of people in the in the park in Harlem, um, and it, it, the lineup is incredible. It's awesome. okay, I, it literally uh, and the first so the first thing that you see in the documentary is Stevie Wonder, right? But but the uh, but the first the first full act that you see is the Chambers Brothers yeah. doing "Time Has Come Today," um, and that kind of sets the stage. and the The, the whole thing is like. Um, there's been years of political unrest, especially in the black community, and there's been you know after the assassinations of all these people, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, uh, Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy, John Kennedy, mm-hmm. uh, and Seth- the Kennedy, and-, and y'all are like, what's the big deal about the
1: Kennedys? They're white, but they were big proponents for the black community. That's right. Yes, and
0: all these all these uh, leaders and politicians who were either part of or 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 helpful to the black community keep dying and being assassinated and so they start actually doing these festivals in the summertime when it's like hot to try and give people something to do to uh, you know to to keep people from like having ideas of of, you know riots and that kind of thing and violence yeah and unrest before we list all the
1: artists let's take a quick pause because my Stump the Genius ties into the Summer of Summer okay okay so let's pause and let's do this for just a second okay Stump the Genius Stump the Genius Stump the Genius time to Stump the Genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. So we're going to play Stump the Genius all about the Summer of Soul. Okay. Um, so this is from the Summer of Soul film. Right. I'm going to play five songs. Um, let's put a timer okay. on the clock. Um, let's do, man, I think 35 seconds, maybe 40 seconds. Let's do 40 seconds. Let's give you some more. Stretching me. All right, 40 seconds. Sounds 40 good. seconds. Let's do 45. We'll be gracious. Okay, all right. 45, 45 seconds. I'm going to play five songs. Um And these are all artists that played at the Summer of Soul Fest. Okay. Um, They won't be the song necessarily that they played. Okay. But there's five artists that played. All right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Well, you know what? Let's make it. Let's give you 50 seconds because some of these songs take a bit to get started. Remember when I started with 30 seconds and before it would be like, we got
0: seven minutes. (laughs) You're getting soft in your old age. (laughs) That's right. Here we go. Okay. So five of them. All right. Here Here we we go. go. Three, two, one, go. That's a... that's BB King. It's BB King. Yeah, of course it is. Say, the of music. Is, uh, This is. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of the names. No, skip, skip, skip. I'll come back to it. Uh, this is. Uh, oh God, help me! That's Gladys Knight. Gladys Thank Knight. King. Yep. That's Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder.
1: Man, this will not take a minute. I
0: need to skip ahead. Is. Oh, your daddy is... is that Mahalia That's Jackson. Mahalia Jackson. Okay. Let's go back to this one. See if we can pick this one up. Yeah. It's doggone it. After I know the song. I, I can't think of the band. I cannot think of it. Oh, my gosh. I see them. I can't think of the name. <laughs> Slide Tom. the family stone. Thank you. Tom. Yeah. Tom. all right. All right. <laughs> Slide in the family stuff. My gosh. So uh, I
1: watched they do a simple song actually on the uh, on the at the Harlem Cultural Festival. Yes. Uh, so I intentionally didn't pick that one. Or it, Everyday People. But okay,
0: yeah, and every day, yeah, everyday people.
1: I was reminded how much goes on stage with them. Um, trumpet, sax, guitar, bass, Sly, a cool guy on sparse keys, through a he's playing keys through a fender guitar amp, um, purple accents on his black shirt, and the drummers elevated in like the top left. Horrible drum placement for like <laughs> sound quality, and like he's up in the top left, like so far removed, uh, but looks freaking cool visually. Um, and I know he can't hear up there. Like, yeah, it, it was. Wild. There's no monitor, really good monitor placement.
0: I'm always curious, like what the sound situation was on stage in, in 1969. For this. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like
1: how loud can we turn up our amps so yeah. that
0: the drummer can
1: hear on stage? Yeah. David Ruffin comes out. Uh, he had just left The Temptations. He comes out in a wool coat in the middle of August. Yeah, he's like all, and he kills my girl. Yes, so. he
0: seriously like it. It is a night and day difference. The recording of My Girl and that. versus watching him yep. do it live. Yep. He murders that song. Absolutely. I mean, in a way that I, you just don't realize. That's like, give me that. I, I prefer... That I mean, my girl's iconic. Yeah. he takes it to he owns absolutely. however many thousand people were there at that moment. He absolutely he every one of them owned it
1: absolutely. Uh, Gladys Knight does her to the grapevine. And I watched, like, I found myself watching the choreographed dancers. I was yeah. watching, gotta watch I, I, I watched the pips the Heck whole time. Yeah. Um, and the piano player I don't know if you saw how he sat, but like, he sat with his back to the audience the whole time and just faced the drummer. Oh, yeah, so like, so the That's drummer's cool. in the back. So the piano player is like, he's not there for the crowd, yeah, he's there to keep them. in the pocket and locked in, which, which I loved. Um, and I read, I don't know if you said, or I didn't read, I saw this, that they were talking about how Stevie's section was the exact same time as the Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Yeah. Like the exact same time as the Apollo 11 was Stevie playing
0: drums. So the, the way that, so, okay. Uh, Going back to the beginning about this thing, they, it was the it was the first major festival like this to be fully documented and recorded, right? And they so they they recorded a mix for audio, and they had good camera crew out there to record the thing. But the deal was they could never get anybody to distribute it. Yeah, they could never find a home for it, um, even though it's uh, like on equal footing with Woodstock in yeah, its you significance. Put, you put those names, I mean, that's big names. I mean, BB King, Shoot.
1: Gladys Knight, of the Family Stone, Stevie
0: Wonder. It's like. Um, but for reasons and we'll, and we'll talk to Lester Chambers about some of these reasons. It never, it never saw the light of day and it sat for 50 years. This, you guys, you have to watch this.
1: And I'll, and and this is maybe just a dig on myself, maybe because I'm really white. Right. But, like, I didn't know about it. Yeah. Like, this I, what I'm
0: saying. It's the kind of thing that you don't get taught about. Yeah. You don't hear about it. And so that's one of the reasons that they started calling it Black Woodstock, hoping that at least get by, by yeah. that name would get some traction. And it just never whatever. So to Questlove's credit, he, he pulls it out after 50 years and goes... It had literally never been seen before. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's awesome. To, and, for, and the footage is good. It's not like B-roll. No. It's like good quality footage. It's amazing. And it sounds great. Like they mixed it just to perfection. And and so it is a the freaking- The freaking fifth dimension seeing an
1: Aquarius dressed yes. in all yellow. It just like pops off the screen. Yeah. It's so vibrant. It's, yes. Yeah. It's it,
0: visually great and you get to hear like for for me stories about some of these groups that i didn't know yeah um and and the the backdrop of the whole thing being set you know there's kind of a narrative running through it about the political climate and and you know stuff about things that these groups had been up against and even just that the black community in harlem had been up against um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i literally i cried through the whole thing it's one of those things where like if there's if there's anything on earth that just breaks my heart. It's racism. Like I just cannot, I cannot comprehend racism. Um, and just, just watching it, seeing the, the, the idea that this thing had been put away for 50 years, mostly just because it was black groups and not white groups mm-hmm. was like, what the, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I, just broke my heart. And there's that's these- not fair to the black
1: community, but it's also not fair to the music community. Yes, Cause I'm like, I felt like I'd been kept from this and that sounds silly, but like, no, I, I should have, everybody should be as um, available access to this as they are to the Woodstock stuff.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, I wrote this whole thing down and I, I think I ended up erasing it. I was going to like post it and set fire to Facebook, <laughs> but like, it, you know, it, the, the idea that, you know, I understand it's important culturally for there to be like black music and mm-hmm. for there to be like, uh, you know, Latin music and for there to be European music or whatever. I understand that there's value in that, but also the musical, just musical and thus as a result, cultural opportunities that have been missed because of uh, of, of racism and because people music, try yeah. and separate these things, you know, and keep keep these things from blending together and seeing what happens is just, you know, heartbreaking yeah. and unthinkable. Like, and forget, and then it goes beyond music too, right? You know, you, I mean, you just think about if you know black scientists that have been either non-existent or silence over the years because of like systemic racism in various areas and this kind of stuff. It just like, it explodes my brain with tears to think about. I cannot handle it. I literally wept through this entire documentary. And then you get into like, they, they, they have a mix of like pop acts and gospel acts throughout the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, the Edwin Hawkins singers. Um, the Mahalia the, Jackson The thing. moment with yeah. Mahalia Jackson and Mavis Staples. Singing, precious Lord, take my hand, good Lord. So
1: I hadn't seen it before we interviewed Lester. I watched it afterwards. In mm-hmm. and, and Rob's like, "Dude, he's like, this scene is like, what in the world?" And I was like, "You know,
0: okay." And then you see it; it's like, good tears Very- just streaming <laughs> down my face, <laughs> yeah. dude, because it it's so, um, it's so telling. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there's there are things that they say, and there's this discussion throughout the thing of of, um, of in, in like African spiritual music being, um, a way to express pain through dance and through, you know, this vocal expression and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you, you hear it coming out, you know what I mean? And thinking about it in that context, you know, um, It's like the old quote, uh, it's funny because you think we're talking about like uh, soul music and stuff like that. I'm about to quote Mr. Rogers, but like (laughs) the old quote from Mr. Rogers about, you know, uh, what was it? He he said, I... um, I needed to, I learned to cry with my, with fingers. my fingers. You yeah, know what I mean? It's like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um coming out, coming out in this music. And and then it And cr- don't sleep on Fred Rogers. That guy's got chops. Dude,
1: seriously. Let's just talk about Fred Rogers ch- for a yeah, minute.
0: Absolutely. Um has got chops. Fred Rogers has chops. That's right. That's right. Um, and then it closes with this really powerful performance by Nina Simone. The documentary closes that way. And it's just it uh, brings everything in. I mean, it is so oh, so good you guys you have to go watch it chambers brothers kick things off with time has come today and and it just goes on from there um so yeah summer of soul quest love thank you like you know lester chambers thank lester you lester chambers thank you quest love when you want to come on and talk about the summer of soul <laughs> she are here message. i know you've talked about it a lot but he it, it won a uh it won a grammy i think for um for the documentary and um so yeah, it, or, or maybe an Oscar for that. I can't remember one or the other. It should have won whatever. should have won everything. everything. Uh, all right. We already stumped the Genius. We already met the band. So I got just a few more notes here. Um, first of all, if you type in just the song name, Time Has Come Today, the first album that comes up on Apple Music is not by the Chambers Brothers. It's the Ramones. Oh, in 1983, The Ramones Did they do a version of this song? Of this song. Yeah, The Ramones have a, a cover of this on their album uh, Subterranean Jungle that was uh like a little more commercially produced after uh Joan Jett broke through with I Love Rock and Roll. They got I believe her producer um to um re- you know to do their next album and do not listen to enough Ramones. I probably should listen to them. I more think than. you probably do. I think I'm tapped yeah. with the little that I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me play you a little <laughs> bit of the uh, Ramones version. It's just not... You got to be a little older than us to be like, dude, yeah, the freaking Ramones, to fully appreciate what they did anyway. Yeah, here's their version of Time Has Come Today. It's a pretty faithful... Like, I was about
1: to say they're not uh shying away from their... No.
0: They don't, that guitar sounds pretty good. They don't dump all over it. Yeah, the, it's a good 1983 the, guitar the, sound. It's not the sound. Not you the think lead of sound, but when the... you think Ramones, you don't necessarily think that slick of a guitar sound. But if you think about Joan Jett and the Blackhearts,
2: yeah.
0: that's also I don't think about the Ramones vocally like that. It's closer to a Kiss Gene Simmons vocal uh, to me.
1: Sounds like they took all those, uh, you know the things you wash your dishes with... Like those little and, brillo pads, yeah. And they've just put them in the drums, they just like <laughs> threw them all in the drums to hold them. <laughs> Drum tone is oh, uh, that's great. Definitely, maybe it's just
0: because I just heard the Chambers Brothers drums that yeah. sound so
1: open and yeah. so completely different. Yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Joan Jett also has a cover, uh, and that's actually the second album that comes up. Okay, Joan Jett's album Hers has a neat approach to the breakdown in the middle where you get you end up with like multiple time signatures running over each other. It's like the original TikTok. TikTok uh-huh. just keeps going, never stops, while everything else kind of ebbs and flows, <laughs> yeah. and you end up with multiple things happening at once. Okay. It's pretty, it's controlled, I don't even know that it's controlled chaos, it's just kind of chaos, just chaos in there. <clears throat> but that's kind of neat. Um, and then there's, uh, Steve Earle has a version uh, on his album, Side Tracks. Um, like I said, it's been in tons of movies, including Remember the Titans, The Doors, Girl Interrupted, Kong Skull Island, and a long list of others. Uh, but the most interesting use might be the 1978 Oscar winning film Coming Home, starring Bruce Dern and Jane Foster. Uh, Jane Foster? Jane Fonda? Jane Maybe? Fonda. Okay. How did I get Foster? I was trying to go Foster. <laughs> a- Jane, Jane Foster, from there. like from, uh, from Thor. Um, no, Jane Fonda. During the climactic scene in which the lead character, a Vietnam veteran, comes home, hence the name, to confront his cheating wife, the entire 11-minute track plays during this intense sequence. Holy cow. The whole 11 minutes of Time Has Come Today plays in the film. Is there like talking over it? I think there's some arguing. I haven't seen the film, but I assume there's some arguing, probably some violence and and then I think there's a scene of him. Uh, not to spoil the movie for anybody who's going out to rent it right now, but like then I, I my understanding is that the after that scene, while the song is still going, he walks out into the ocean and does himself in. Okay, like, wow. so it's like a whole thing. Wow, it's like okay, a, it's so. A I think by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, what the oh, frick just yeah. happened? Hope you know. his name's not Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Tom That's yeah, the, uh, the people yelling at him on the shoulder. Jane TOM! Top Uh Not to make light of suicide, God help us. Uh one uh yeah, okay. Um a little bit on the writing of the song. Uh this is from songfacts.com. It says The Chambers brothers were from Mississippi and started out as a gospel act. They wrote the song after relocating to Los Angeles, where they rented a two-story house. In a Song Facts interview with Willie Chambers, he explained, I was down in the dining room area with an acoustic guitar, and I was playing that music over and over and over. I got kind of hooked on that line in the melody, but I didn't have any words. And Joe, at that same time, he was upstairs in his room writing the lyrics to Time Has Come Today. He could hear what I was doing down there, and it interrupted his writing. He came to the top of the stairs and said, what's that you're playing? I said, I don't know. This riff just came to me, and I'm just, I'm just playing it. He said, you got lyrics to that? No, I don't have lyrics yet. Man, I was just up here in my room writing, and everything I'm writing, the music is going with what I'm writing. At the same time, I'm writing it, and you're down here playing it. Well, bring your guitar down. So we had a basement in the house, and we had a rehearsal studio down there. So he and I went down to the basement, and he started singing these lyrics. And, man, the music and the lyrics were just made for each other. That's cool. Just, That's great. That's you great. Know, it's so funny how stuff like that happens sometimes. They weren't trying to write this song, you know, but uh, it, two independent ideas end up flo- That's awesome. flowing. That's awesome. I love down. that. Yeah, like you said, the uh, Apollo 11 moon landing literally happened during during the set, uh, you know, Stevie's set. Um, and he's 19. In the- <laughs> Is he really? He's, <laughs> he's 19, 19 in the- at the time. Holy cow. It was pretty... Pre his like trilogy of albums that like, that cemented him as a legendary artist forever. He's just a
1: little bit beyond little Stevie wonder. Yeah. So he's 19. Yeah. But he's not Stevie as you know him. Like right. Legend Stevie. Yet. He's still crushing it. He's killed, but he's not. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have the years of experience yeah. yet. It's everything right. he's done is, is
0: gold. He's like, but- dude, this hit, this hit new dude, Stevie wonder. Yeah. You know what I mean, he's not the legend Stevie wonder it's good. yet. Yeah. Um, but you know, there was a a quote that stuck with me in that movie. You know, basically they're like th- these people were like, "Never mind the moon." They're they're interviewing people <laughs> like, you know, what do you, you know? You know, we just landed on the moon. You know, blah blah blah. And they're like, "Never mind the moon. Let's get some of that cash in Harlem, right?" Like, yeah. that that doesn't help me. That's you right. Know? Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. So anyway, it's a really I can't say again how, how much you need to go watch the summer of Soul documentary. It will it will affect you. I promise it will affect you. Okay, I think that's really kind of what I have. That's good. Let's kick it to Lester. You guys are going to like him. He's awesome. That's right. We're going to go talk to Lester Chambers of the Chambers brothers. Uh, But first, I need you to do something for me. I need you to stop what you're doing. First, go put Summer of Soul in your queue. It's on Hulu. Um, Go put that in your queue. Then, while you have your phone out, go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and give us a follow. If Twitter still exists. I don't even know if Twitter... (laughs) Listen, Twitter has been such a mess uh, the last uh, little bit. So who knows? They're saying Twitter might just die Together. But if it still exists, uh, we'll be there at Great Song Pod, and you can give us a follow. And uh, if you really love the show, you want to be a part of helping us make the show um, and, and cover our costs and do some more with it, um, then you can go to Patreon and give us some support there at patreon.com slash And when you do that, if you support us on any level, we pledge to do everything that we can to uh, help convey our gratitude back to you. You'll get early episodes, uh, ad-free episodes Bonus shows that you only get there. Our second podcast, which happens every weekend during the season, is called "The Catch Up with Robin JP," and it is up to the minute uh, music news and, and stuff we missed stuff we got right, stuff we got wrong. It's really become a fun other thing uh, now that we've kind of really focused it on being you know, we record these episodes weeks in advance, uh, sometimes months in advance. And, uh, you know, we don't always get to give you the most up to date references and and stuff like that. So like uh, there, we're talking about literal, like music news that's breaking and you know, the the latest um, stuff as only we can deliver it, you know. So I've found a great way, by the way, to introduce our show to people in a quick way, right? So they say, what's your show about? And I say, if you wish, Song Exploder was a little more like Smartless. Then- I don't know Smartless. Okay, you should check it out. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's Will Arnett, Jason okay. Bateman, and um, oh my gosh, what's the guy from Will & Grace? Um, uh, okay, Sean, uh, uh, Sean from Will & Grace. Okay. And they're just, you know, being hilarious and stupid and the funny thing about it is they each they have a guest every week and it's a guest that one of them has gotten to come on the show and he doesn't tell the other two who it is oh, they so they the just first up. time they see that's him it's cool. like and it's literally like they've had presidents on there that's you know what awesome. i mean and you don't see it until they pop up in the zoom
2: that's so it, cool. Anyway,
0: but it's very off the cuff and it's all just whatever I like that so that's what i say about us now if you if we if we wish if you wish song exploder was a little more like smartless then you have the great song podcast all right, we're going to go hop on with Lester Chambers and Dylan, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other end. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, uh, we're here with a very special guest, Lester Chambers of the Chambers Brothers and Moon Alice. Lester, thank you so much for joining us today. It really means a lot to have you on the Great Song
2: Podcast. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Excellent. Where are you coming to us from today?
2: Petaloma.
0: Okay. All right. I don't even know where that is. I don't either. <laughs> no.
2: It's a little north of uh, San Francisco, about forty-one okay. miles.
0: Okay, there, there we go. go. All right, yeah. we're in the we're in the Nashville area. Um,
1: okay, so, uh, we're a little north of Nashville in a city right. called Hendersonville, yeah. Tennessee.
2: Hey, music country! Yeah. There we go.
0: That's right. <laughs> we're in the the home of of Johnny Cash and uh, and a few yes. other notables. Um, okay, I've,
2: I've been watching him on TV. A great he's a great friend of ours. The brothers.
0: Oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to know. We well. You're feeling on, on Johnny.
2: Uh, well, Johnny was doing a tour, and we had been in New York area for a minute because we had gone to the Newport Folk Festival, and Johnny had asked us to come to one of his concerts, and and do a guest number or two. And we did. And he hired us right on the spot for the rest of the tour. That really? is awesome. That is cool. Which wound up of all places, the grand Ole opera. Hey, okay. there we go. That's right there in our backyard. Of course, of course, of course they didn't write about it or talk about it, but it was a great it was great, great yeah. time with Johnny and the Carter family. That's awesome. So what what
0: time period are we talking there?
2: We're talking sixty-seven. Okay, six-five-six-seven. That's awesome! Wow, from the time we went for the first Newport Folk Festival. Okay, okay. we were going to let you talk
1: about that going on right before Bob Dylan. That's uh, ah! that's that's pretty that's pretty intense.
0: What are your your uh, recollections of that particular folk festival? I know a lot of a lot of folks had a fit when Dylan went on with electric guitars and stuff. Do you remember no. that moment
2: pretty well? <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, it was it's, it was very intense, as you said. And uh, Bob Dylan had come out with a when his time came, he had come out with a with an electric guitar, and the audience booed him, literally booed him, and said, "Go get your real guitar." Huh. He looked at the fender guitar and said. This is a real guitar. Wow. And at which point, the entire, almost everybody that was on the show, on that stage, we all joined hands and came out and stood behind him in support of his uh, transfer from electric to from acoustic to electric. That's awesome.
0: That's like chill bumps. Um, Man, that's that's wild. What a moment. Um, and what a show of solidarity! Like it was, you know, awful nice of, of you guys to kind of stand with him in that way and and you know behind right. his choices. Um,
2: well, when you look around and see people like John Baez and Pete Seeger and and you know people like that standing behind you, you know you're doing something right. That's
0: good. Yeah. <laughs> who are some of the Who are some of the people who have done that for you guys? Who are some of the people that have stood by the Chambers brothers over time and kind of linked arms uh, with you guys and supported you?
2: I can't think of any. Okay. Yeah, really? we had it all. We were all on our own most of the time, and I, I ne- we never had a moment where we needed uh, people to come on stage in our support. Okay. Those. So that was. Uh, that's the way that happened.
0: Okay. Do you feel like that's a. Do you do you do you think of that like as a almost like a badge of honor like we did everything on our own everything we did we didn't we didn't need anybody's help or were you like I wish we could have got some help from some folks sometimes
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well I can't say we never needed help but uh if we did we didn't it didn't come at that time
1: Wow. But you uh
2: it was it was just the folks the folk community is like a family on the road and everybody know that everybody is in good hands yeah that's good yeah Yeah. everybody's always in great hands so
1: (laughs) so you guys got your start kind of singing in the church choir growing up how did that upbringing help craft your sound as the chambers brothers how do you think that that helped with that
2: well it helped because it was it meant we got to stay together as brothers and to keep singing and uh It was just a wonderful thing that we had gone through the hills of Mississippi singing through the Yodel Mountains, Echo Mountains, they call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had, we had sing a cappella most of the time, all the time in the Mississippi area because we had no guitar. And uh, it was, it was a great transition to the uh, guitar.
1: So, so I, I read that you, did you play harmonica on Red China Blues yeah. with Miles Davis? How did that happen? Yeah.
2: Well, Miles Davis and I had become friends or whatever, and um, we hung out a lot. And every time I came home, if he was home, he would say, hey, come on up and let's cook some this, let's cook that. So that's basically what we did with Cook, and we did some harmonica <laughs> and trumpet together. Little did I know he was working working me up for a recording yeah. for him. But I was writing a song called Red, not Red China Blues. It was just a blues song that I was writing. And they went on break during the session. All of the musicians went on break. And I stayed in the studio because I didn't want to go with them. And I was in there practicing just playing some doodles that I was doing for something that I was writing. He came back in and the sound booth, and I didn't know he was there. And he was saying, I really like this. <laughs> Record that. <laughs> so, so they recorded me. And actually took what I had recorded during the time I was sitting in the studio by myself and put it on the song on the tape that he called "Red China Blues." Okay.
1: Well, you're definitely featured right out the
2: first note. It's a uh, it's harmonica
1: heavy. That's for sure. Well,
2: that's about all I got out of it was being featured on the record. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when it came time to get paid, he had named me Wally. Okay. And I looked. At Who's Wally Chambers? There's no Wally Chambers here. He got that's you, sucker. <laughs> he called me a fool and said, "Don't you know Wally don't have a driver's license? Wally don't have Wally don't have a social security card. Wally don't get paid." Man, and I've I've tried on several different occasions to correct that, but to no avail. It's always been you waited too long. Uh, you know, it's it's no good. You waited too long, man. <laughs> man, well, how about the? There you go. I got to be Wally on Miles Davis's album. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's thank awesome. you, Miles. <laughs> God bless you, Miles. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get to become friends with Jimi Hendrix? I heard you got to spend some time at Electric Ladyland. Is that true?
2: Well, Jimmy had uh, been playing around the Village area. And we were playing uptown. There was a whole different uh, kind of thing going on for the people that got to play uptown and the people that got to play downtown and in the, in the smaller clubs. So we were playing at the Cheetah Club, which was a huge club in, in Manhattan. And Hendrix came in and liked Willie and because he was the guitar player for the band. And they sort of had words, you know, like a, encouraging each other. And Jimmy says, I'd like to go on stage and jam with you. Do, do you have another guitar? And Willie says, No, this is the only guitar I got, but you're welcome to play it. Hendrix came on stage. Willie gave him the guitar. And Hendrix hit it for a couple of licks and says, Man, I can't play this thing. You got logs on here. <laughs> <laughs> the, strings, the strings were so thick, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like he played the little slinky strings uh-huh. where he could get, you know? So he couldn't, he says, I, I can't play this. It's too heavy. It's too, the strings are too heavy. <laughs> but uh, we had been friends for just, you know, hanging out and saying hello here and there. And then Electric Ladyland was built. And I had steady been hanging out, which uh, was a good thing because he invited me to come every night I could. Mm. So I went down and hung out. There's somewhere in there, there's a couple of songs with me playing harmonica with him. Oh, that's cool. There's also a couple of songs where I sang with him. And there's one song where I actually played the bass.
1: Oh, that's cool. What song is
2: that? (laughs) They didn't have names, they were just okay. jams. just, jam I just jams, go. cool. Jams, yeah, and um, I did the uh, I'm on the song I woke up this morning and found myself dead. So, something like that, yeah, something like that. Okay, I'm the harmonica player that uh, I didn't get credit for uh, again,
0: man. Come on, we yeah, gotta get Lester
2: some credit. Think, we'll, we'll get
1: we'll get you your, your kudos as much it, as we can with
2: us. <laughs> yeah, right. I think they gave that to my buddy Jim Morrison. Oh, really? Oh, uh,
1: okay. That's another good friend name drop there.
2: <laughs> another good friend. Hey man, let me get that. Let me get that, you know.
0: We've been watching some videos of you uh with Moon Alice uh recently. Hi. And uh man, I gotta say the vocals are still sounding strong. How you what are you what are you doing yeah. to keep the voice up?
2: I go to God. Okay. God is the answer to everything there is about me, from me to you. I have been the sickest man throughout my life, the whole time of my life. I've had bad, bad health. And um, prayer, and just constantly asking God to bless me, Is that's the uh, answer. That's the right is answer.
1: Yeah, that it. is it, man. We're with, he's, you. We're with you. Yeah, we're, we are with you with that.
2: That's all. <laughs> he's, he's been with me because I was born with cancer of the blood. Really? And now I'm cancer free.
1: That's awesome.
2: Wow. Yes. And I had two other bouts with different kinds of cancer uh, during the time I still had cancer of the blood. Uh, but I'm healthy now. And God That's is still great. with me and what he has done to bless me, to keep my voice is secret to him. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. I like that.
0: I like that. He- were you
1: um so the drummer that plays in Moon Alice is a guy named John Molo. Well, me and Ross yes. are both big Bruce Hornsby fans. And John Molo John Molo was the drummer for Bruce Hornsby in the range for a long time. Yeah. So we right. we are big John Molo fans. How did you and uh, how did you get him and how did y'all how did that uh, whole project of Moon Alice come together? How did that sync up happen?
2: Well, Moon Alice was a band that had been a band, been a band for the last fifteen years or so here in the Bay Area, and uh, Roger. One day, I sitting there and the phone rang, and I answered the phone, and he says, "Hello, Lester, it's Roger, Roger McManus." I says, "Hello, Mac Roger." He goes, "Yeah," and he started to explain to me who he was and what he was doing. And I said, wow, yes, I'll do it. And he, when he invited me to come and do the uh, first summer solstice festival. Mm. And from there, he just kept inviting me. And pretty soon, here I am with the band. I'm the, you know, I just. Thank God again.
1: <laughs> and, and we know your son Dylan's in the room. So what's it like uh, getting to hang out with Dylan and do music with Dylan? Dylan, you're welcome to jump in and say hey hi if you want. What's happening everybody? How you doing? <laughs> hey, Dylan. Great to be here with y'all. Hey, it's good to hear rock from you. Yeah, man. Rock and roll with my dad is one of the greatest joys that anybody could have, you know. And uh he's eighty-two and I'm thirty-seven and these are precious memories that we get to have. That's cool. Playing fantastic shows with a bunch of amazing musicians.
0: That's great.
2: Yeah, yeah totally what amazing.
0: What a blessing that is. Um, right. I want to get some thoughts from you on the on the Summer of Soul film. Um, have you? Okay. I assume you've. I assume you've watched it, but I am I right in there? Several,
2: several times.
0: Okay. Summer,
2: so, Summer of Soul. So
0: I had not gotten to see it until we were kind of gearing up to talk to you. I hadn't got a chance to watch it until then. Uh, but I, you know, I watched the whole thing and, Mm -hmm. and I was telling JP, I just kind of cried through the whole thing. Like it was this, this weird combination of, you know, beauty and amazing music. And, uh, and like, you know, it was almost, you talked about having all these people linked up on stage together in support. It was like having 50,000 people out in the park in Harlem, you know showing that same kind of support for each other in a time that was obviously right. still stressful in the black community for a, for a lot of reasons um and so like it just the, the movie itself just kind of broke me apart while i watched it like it was
2: it's incredible
0: beautiful and heartbreaking and and all those things at the same time and at the same time a celebration of this amazing music that's coming out you know of the community um mm-hmm. as you watched it back and it kind of experienced that for the first time in in fifty right. years, what were your thoughts on on the Summer of Soul
2: documentary? Well, I take my hat off to Crest Love. Yeah, doing such a wonderful job, and I'm glad he was looking for something to do and found us. Mm. The whole the whole Harlem. Festival, which is where it stemmed from, mm. was such a wonderful time in my life, in our lives. Uh, and I think there was more than 50,000 people. I'm I'm told there were people from the beginning of the park to the end. I believe it. And, and both side to side. And if you saw any of the shots, there were no vacant spaces. None, there was no space whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, no. And... Tony Lawrence, our buddy, was such a great, great organizer. And he had come to us and asked if we would help him with um, with the uh, Harlem Cultural Festival. And we said yes. And it was one of a first. And it was videoed and videos were made of it, which meant that we had sponsored the first ever videoing of a concert in the park. Wow. But as you see and as you know, we weren't supposed to be the ones to do that. Yeah. Uh, meaning the crew that we had. Yeah. And the artists that we had gathered, Tony and my our manager at the time, it was just such a great, spiritual day of great, great artists, great entertainment. And for the whole day, there was not one instant of violence. Everybody was happy. Everybody enjoyed themselves. And so did we. And Betty Mayberry had just wrote the song, Uptown to Harlem, which we had Recorded uh, uh, on this first Chambers Brothers album, which made the great introductory sound for the Summer of Soul. It was, it was
1: perfect. The very first thing, right yeah. out. Perfect.
2: You. Perfect. And thank God we were there at the beginning, at the ending of the of the uh, Summer of Soul.
0: Yeah, man, it was just. <clears throat> there's this, you know, thing running throughout the whole thing of. Kind of even the the uh, spiritual expression of all these feelings just coming out through all these performers, BB King, and you know everybody up there just getting all these things out through the expression of music and and dance and all, you know all these things. It's just it's just gorgeous, and it and for it to have been held away from the world for 50 years is just a shame you know it's just a shame i'm really glad quest took it and did what he did with it because it's it's gorgeous and and i'm not sure it would have come out the same way if it had been released then but it's a shame that it's been tucked away for a half century
2: well it's a shame that it had been tucked away but it it still had some great moments Mm -hmm. because of quest love made sure that the harlem cultural festival got acknowledged It happened before Woodstock or any other major festival or concert in any park. Yeah. They didn't want us to have credit for yeah. that. Yeah. And when I say they, you have to know who I'm talking about. Sure. You can imagine.
0: I can Im- yeah. Yes, I can imagine.
2: Somebody messed around and got a hands on that tape that just shouldn't have been kept it from the public. Upon the audience that was waiting to see what happened because they were waiting because it was the first time, like I said, that a film, a concert was ever being totally, totally filmed, which would have meant we would have, that the Chambers Brothers would have something to do with owning the rights to videoing in the park and festivals of that kind. But they didn't, as I said before, they didn't want that to be. And it wound up not to be, but thank you, Christ's love. Thank you for your you took it to them backs. So
1: there are parts of these where we just like to gush on things that we love about the artist. Um, so, okay. All Strung Out Over You is a banger. We love that song. Um, I Can't Turn yeah. Your loose. the Otis Redding cover. Not sure right. ha- if Otis was on your radar before then or why you picked that, but we love that. Um, right. so April 7th is Lester Chambers Day in the city of Berkeley, right. so if you ever <laughs> right. another, make sure you celebrate that. Uh, 2011 <laughs> West Coast Blues Hall of Fame, so we have right. a legend
2: with us today. Yeah, so
1: this has
2: been yeah. great. Thank you very much, and <laughs> be sure you check Moon Alice out. Absolutely, we, we have recorded and re, re, re recorded uh, some of the greater hits by Chambers Brothers and and Alan Tucson and different people. We have right now, we have what's our current single? Yes, we can. can. Yes, we can. Can by Alan, two cents. That is phenomenal. <laughs> we'll,
1: we will check it, and we will make sure everyone does. The one last question we have for you: um, You're on tour, or you're either traveling around with Moon Alice, or you're doing some solo stuff, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Um, I get a Three Musketeers candy bar. What is what do you get from a gas station for snack food? We ask I don't. every artist this. <laughs>
2: I don't. I don't. Banana. A banana. Okay. A banana. There you go. It's a good choice. I, yes. Healthy. I, yeah, healthy. I'm. I'm. At my age, are hey, you kidding? Smart choice. <laughs>
1: Me and Rob should gotta eat be, more
0: fruit.
2: Gotta be healthy. <laughs> Rob
1: did eat a banana a few minutes ago. I did. So there I you go. That was his last snack. So you're speaking our language. Right.
0: <laughs> gotta get
2: that potassium. So you guys look out for our new album. Our new what is it, CD is. I don't know market right now. Excellent. We'll
1: be looking for it. Thank you again for your time. Thanks, Dylan, for hanging out with us, too. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys, too. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Full
2: Moon Alice Alice, Volume 2. Full Moon Alice Volume volume 2. There we go. There you go. You guys did it on (laughs) time.
1: Lester, Lester, thank you so much. It's been a real honor to talk to you. you. You guys are real
2: happy and enjoyable. Thank you. Bless you, man. We'll talk to
0: you soon. See (laughs) you.
2: Bye-bye. You be well. You too.
0: This is The Great Song Podcast. And that was Lester Chambers of the Chambers Brothers and Moon Alice. It's an honor to get to talk to these guys who have been doing this for so long and who have been through so much, yeah. right? We've got it easy. We have not had to deal with anything ever in our whole lives. We've not had to deal <laughs> with anything. But Lester Chambers is a guy who has been through it and lived to tell the story. You guys go out there and find you some good 80-year-olds to talk about the past. Seriously. It's awesome. Yeah. And we get to do it musically. Uh, That's right. We get to talk to musically 80-year-olds. I don't even know what that means. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to Lester and Dylan for hopping in with us. Um, Thank you to God for letting us do this. And, um, you know, I was trying to think of just like...
1: I don't want to follow up God
0: with Questlove, but we should put God at
1: the end. But thank (laughs) you to Questlove for making
0: the Summer of Soul. That's That was awesome. Yeah. It's been been a real eye-opening thing for for me and uh, I don't know for you too, so... Uh, yeah, go check out the Summer of Soul. Go get the Chambers Brothers. Go get go see uh, Moon Alice. Go see Moon Alice. Go download it's four twenty somewhere, and um, if that's your thing, and uh, we'll see you guys next week as season ten kind of it's coming to a close, man. Man, it's, it's home almost stretch. Time. It's home been amazing. Stretch. So we'll see you guys next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music. Ah.